0: The Regina Pats got an exciting last-second goal from Connor Bedard, and I see the summary, and I'm like, 4:59. Of course it is. That means he scored with one second to go in overtime. The kid just has the flair for that kind of stuff. The dynamics, the shoot spa, the pizzazz. He has it, Darren. And the more you dump that kind of crap on him, the more he rises to the occasion. This is the Rod Peterson Show oh it sure is it's a flame tech football friday hello canada and canadian sports fans around the world Guess who's who and who's where (laughs) that's what we'll be doing as we welcome you inside yeah it's taken us five days in the program for me to get fully comfortable here on my throne as the viewers called it yesterday welcome to canada's daytime sports talk show everybody uh, originating from beautiful and sunny South Florida and from the epicenter of the sports world in Canada. We welcome in the moose, Darren DuPont, the owner and proprietor of this whole shindig that we do here every day at noon Eastern the moose. He is on location as well. And I will let you spill the beans moose as to your location here today, if you don't mind. Yeah, this
1: is the beautiful, uh, downtown Delta Marriott, Saskatoon, um, right downtown. And to be honest, you said Saskatoon's the Canadian hub. This hotel is the Saskatoon hub. I mean, they just went through some renovations. It's beautiful. They put me up in, in a suite. Um, it's, it's great. But they're doing shuttle pickups for curling from here for volunteers. And just over my shoulder, they probably hear me talking about them. Some of the members of the Rush are sitting here, too. They're in town to continue uh, getting together, practice, training camps, stuff like that as they get set to open their season. Um, so they're here shuttled out of the uh, Delta, and they're off to go practice this afternoon. So uh, it's it's a really
0: great place to be. Well, like I wasn't fooling when I said the hub of Canadian sports, but I will tell you this before I jump into our guests today and the quick six show uh, topics here in the warm-up for E.Cole Electric. When you get up to be in a 7 a.m. gym class here in South Florida, you sit around a long time waiting for the Rod Peterson show to go to air, Moose. Can I tell <laughs> I've been sitting waiting at all noon? day. Yeah. yeah, waiting to go to air at noon. So I get what these Eastern folks have been saying. Like, Can you get to uh, tonight's games and quit talking about last night's games? Yet out on the West Coast, it's 9 a.m. And some people are just pouring their coffee. So I understand that, too. But it's been a long wait. And it, you've been had a pretty busy morning, too, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. No, for sure. and it, That 11 a.m. start, it, it gives you a lot of time. You feel like to get things done, but it doesn't give you a whole lot of time when you start filling your morning with a lot of things. So getting up, we're switching locations, got to watch the 9 a.m. draw a little bit at the uh,
0: the Olympic yeah, trials. Of course. So uh, it's wild. It's good morning. Yes, absolutely. Well, coming up on the program today in terms of guests, the great Eddie Steele, who is in the news again this week, uh, his comments on this program. Got him turfed from 630 Chad, the radio voice of the Edmonton Elks. And we're wondering, since he was proven to be right this week, will he be getting a job opportunity from uh, the Elks and Chad again? We'll talk to Eddie about that. And from C.H.C.H. Hamilton, the hometown of the 2021 Grey Cup, Clint Baba O'Neill will be joining us to talk some football, uh, both CFL and NFL variety, and probably U sports too. But Director, Director Jordan, if you don't mind, can you hit The quick six show. By the way, we do have a little bit of something for everybody here in the quick six. But I got to start with Thanksgiving, United States Thanksgiving, uh, Turkey Day, NFL triple header. Here are the games. Daniel Carlson kicked a 29 yard field goal in overtime after Anthony Brown's fourth pass interference penalty kept the drive alive and the Las Vegas Raiders rode out of Dallas with a 36-33 victory in the middle game of the triple header. Carlson's fifth field goal came after Brown was called for interference on Zay Jones on 3rd and 18. Did you know Moose that all four of Brown's interference penalties came on 3rd downing completions? Just wanted to point that out. Raiders they now 6-5. Exactly okay, oh, you have some thoughts, huh? Ended a three-game That's losing great. streak with their first Thanksgiving victory since 1968. It was their fourth appearance on the holiday since then, with the previous two being losses at the Dallas Cowboys. So you obviously watched the game, as did I. I watched it at Dodge City, by the way. And um, they were expecting me to freak out on the officiating, just like all the Cowboys did. I don't assume you saw Jarrah after the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he goes, I don't have a problem with the rules. I have a problem with the interpretation of the rules, said Jarrah. Um... (laughs) Come on, Jerry. Now, Dak Prescott, who I thought had a tremendous game, particularly in the fourth quarter, came out afterwards and said, we can't leave the game in the officials' hands. We got to play better. Complimentary football. Uh, Tone down the penalty. They had 14 penalties. So you could talk to me about Anthony Brown. And maybe he was targeted by the Raiders and vis-a-vis the officials. But this is my take, as I said to Brian Dodge, the mayor of Dodge City. They're not a... Super Bowl champion team because they can't get their act together on the same day all at the same time. They score 43 points one time one week in a 43-3 loss uh, win over Atlanta and then the next week go into Kansas City and you can't score a touchdown and have to kick three field goals. They can't show up on the same day all assets all aspects of their game. They're not a Super Bowl champion now, but as I said, they're going to win the division. They're going to get Amari Cooper and CD Lamb back healthy. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory, they're two stud DNs and the Cowboys will be fine, but they got some things to clear up here between now and then you have obviously yeah, a take on the way this game finished.
1: Yeah. And, and it was unfortunate. It's, you know, I watched it between the draws uh, here at the Olympic trials and when it's going to over, I'm, I'm watching it in the, in the my ride to the, uh, to the curling game. It was, uh, you know, on my phone on those third and long, when you're going after the same guy, You know, when you're looking at slant passes, curl routes, those are always often really tough, and they're tough, you know, to complete sometimes, and there's a chance of disaster being picked up. But when you go deep on those third and longs, you're kind of taking your shot, and there's a really good chance your player's going to come down with it because you can beat a guy straight away with speed, but there's also a chance that you're going to get that penalty, you know, and you're not even that worried about the incompletion. And so when you find out, this guy's been prone to the pass interference because he's worried about getting beat deep. Then you go back to him and you get another one. Well, when it's the fourth time, you know, Dallas has to know that they're probably going to target the same guy. It's worked three times before. And sure enough, the fourth time it ends up being the one that cost them the game for good. But uh, no, Dallas battled back a few times in that football game and and looked pretty good despite being, you know, dealing with the injuries they're dealing with. But that's just so unfortunate, and it's tough because you're not making contact with the receiver all the time, but if you're getting in his way and you're not turning around to actually play the football, that's probably where Jerry's coming from, but that's the rules.
0: That's the penalty. Yeah, they weren't they weren't clear-cut pass interference penalties, and that's I'm with Jerry on that, no. but again, I'm with Dak. Let's not leave this in the officials' hands. Let's not take 14 penalties overall. So I was actually impressed with Dak in his postgame comments anyways moving on because there were two other games josh allen passed for 260 yards and four touchdowns as buffalo sent injury ravaged new orleans to its fourth straight loss 31-6 and in detroit cairo santos made a 28-yard field goal on the final play to lift chicago past detroit 16-14 the bears uh, snapped a five-game losing streak under embattled coach matt nagy who was answering questions about his job status less than 48 hours before kickoff. How about that one? Chicago wins. They were favored by 3, they won by 2. How about that? Moving on, here on number 6, or remember when yeah, Detroit took the, uh,
1: you know, was up by 7 yesterday and we're doing this show and you said, yeah, Chicago is favored by 3. Are you taking the deal and we still weren't. It ended up that we just
0: got lucky enough that uh Chicago didn't win by three. Between two bad teams had a very interesting ending. I'm gonna throw you a curveball on point two of the quick six show topics. And by the way, the rest of the show today will be football. The warm-up is for other sports. The Canadian Elite Basketball League, in partnership with Deacon Sports and Entertainment, have announced that they're expanding to St. John's Newfoundland beginning next season, twenty twenty two. The addition of the Newfoundland Growlers Pro Basketball Club completes the third round of expansion since Canada's only first division professional league began play with six-member clubs in 2019. Now with 10 teams, that makes the CEBL, Darren, the largest pro sports league in Canada. And I had to look this up. I've got friends with the Growlers organization in DSE. That's the sports conglomerate that owns them. They're the parent company of the Newfoundland Growlers of the East Coast Hockey League, which is affiliated with the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Trois-Rivieres Lions, affiliated to the Montreal Canadiens, and the Iowa Heartlanders, also of the ECHL. DSC's charitable arm Growlers Give has donated approximately $500,000 directly back into the community through partnerships with numerous community groups in Newfoundland. We are Canada's daytime sports talk show. And I thought we had to spend a minute on this because I don't like the name growlers for the basketball team. Remember a couple of years ago, the hockey team sent me a golf shirt. You know, one of their equipment guys, helpers, Lee sent me the golf shirt. And it's like, you got two teams under the same umbrella of ownership with the same name. I'm sorry. I love the Newfoundland growlers outfit. Find another name, call them the puppies. If you have to, because you know why? It's like, oh, I just got a job with the Growlers. Oh, really? His or her friends say, the hockey team or the basketball team? Uh, the basketball team. Or I'm going to the Growlers game Saturday night. Oh, the hockey or the basketball? Ooh, well, I thought hockey. Let me check my app and see if I bought tickets to the right. Why would you name two teams under the same conglomerate by by one name? My first thought
1: was the Growlers? Wait, wait. There is an East Coast League hockey team named the Growlers, right? And then, you know, I remember them sending the merchandise. I'm like, Rod, this isn't new. They announced the Growlers before because <laughs> they sent you merchandise, right? I was a little confused. But as you're sitting there, and I try and see, you know, the world from 360 degrees. And I try and understand, you know, where the world's mm-hmm. going. We talk about the CFL and the NFL now competing against each other because of access, right? So... When you're trying to market a program, yeah, I get it. But if it's under the same name, maybe it's a little bit of that strategy of trying to go the college sports field. So, you know, when you're in a market, it's tough to have the, flyer, or the, the Penguins and the Steelers and the Pirates and the whatever, and what are we doing here? No, we're just Pittsburgh fans. So let's name them all the same. You know, kind of like here in Saskatoon, the Huskies all the teams of the huskies so we always are just yeah, wear our that's, Husky a pride. that's a stretch
0: that's a reach maybe that can work with
1: right but it can work in smaller communities and smaller leagues i don't know if it works for the cebl because i think they're trending to try and become a bigger league and a big part of the canadian culture
0: maybe we can get their people on they've actually offered to put their owner on we'll put a bug in producer clark's ear to maybe get some people on from the newfoundland growlers but i don't know if that will be the hockey team or the basketball team You get what I'm saying. Moving on. I do. Point three, Tim uh, Tim Horton's Olympic curling trials. And our coverage, of course, is brought to you by the Delta Marriott downtown Saskatoon. Core Grain doing the right thing for your farm. And Great Western's original 16 beer. Tracy Fleury is one win away from securing her spot at the Beijing Olympics. She booked her playoff ticket with an 11-7 win over Laura Walker at Canada's Olympic curling trials in Saskatoon. On Thursday, then secured the first seed and a buy into Sunday's final with a 10-3 route of Casey Scheidegger in the evening draw. Brad Gushu has clinched a playoff spot on the men's side. The men are on the ice now. I've been watching it this morning on TSN. Moose, you're our man on the ground. Boots on the ground in Saskatoon. What do our viewers need to know about the curling prowess as we enter playoff weekend?
1: Well, it's it's looking really good for, for Brad Gushu. Um, you know, the big game last night was Brad Jacobs beating Kevin Cooey, and that gave Jacobs sole possession of second place um, and an opportunity potentially to catch Brad if, if you get a win situation from from Jacobs and a loss from Gushu. But, you know, Kevin Cooey is trying to secure that third spot and get into the playoffs. So, you know, the heavy hitters are there, you know, as the dust is settling at the end of the week going into the weekend. Mm-hmm. The heavy hitters are there. Brennan Botcher's not a disappointing week for Brennan Botcher. He'll miss the defending Briar champ. Disappointing week for Matt Dunstone. He'll miss. Um, but the guys who we thought were going to be there at the end are there. And on the women's side, I mean, woo, Tracy Fleury. She just had her way last night and looks like she is head and shoulders the best team on the women's side. Although Jennifer Jones would have something to say about that. And Carrie and, uh, Einerson would have something to say about that too. Um, so it's going to be a really fun weekend, but the teams that we thought might be there at the end are, which has been a lot of fun. Um, and there were some fun games last night on the women's side of teams that aren't going to be there. Laura Walker played really well. I've loved watching her rink play. Um, wish they would add a little bit of a better week, but uh, no, it's been, it's been great, but it's going to get really serious by the end of the day today and leading into the semis tomorrow.
0: Thank you for that. Um, by the way, this is a Flametech football Friday. Flametech's your locally owned and operated industry leaders in commercial and industrial combustion technology. And this little thing we do here is called the warm-up brought to you by Ecol Electric. Come see our sales staff and in-house specialists for your electrical needs. This is a teaser because the next segment is going to be all football. And here's a teaser on it. A couple things. One, our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is who will win Sunday's CFL Eastern semifinals? And I know this is a bit of a brain tease for the way it's worded, but your options, for anybody watching on YouTube right now, would have seen it and voting on Twitter, are the home teams, the road teams, or a split? And as of us going to air, the home teams, both winning, leading the poll at 41%. Our voters think the Hamilton Tiger Cats are going to beat Montreal on Sunday and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are going to beat the Calgary Stampeders, but I'm not going along with that. So we'll talk about that when we come back. We do have a body of work, at least enough voters for this CFL Coach of the Year argument that we had yesterday between Winnipeg's Mike O'Shea or or, um, Toronto's Ryan Dinwiddie. And it looks like if the voters... The actual ones, the football reporters of Canada, go by with like what our viewers say, it will be a landslide. Who will win the CFL Coach of the Year when they hand it out at the awards? Um, And uh, here, I'll let the cat out of the bag. Canadian University football semifinals this weekend. Huge games. We're going to talk about that. CFL Alumni Association coming out with a really intriguing announcement this morning about somebody that they're going to honor at their Legends Luncheon and at a dinner party here last night in south florida that i was at you know how those dinner parties go yes the guy came up to me and his name was dan and he said hey so you're in the, you were in the cfl for a long time huh i said yep yeah. he goes well, what do you you know what you know this guy by the name of carol williams i said no but i looked him up and the guy's got a hell of a a hell of a story and somehow the CFL historians and people that want to uh, celebrate players miss this guy. And he's from here. So we're going to talk about wow. it when we come back. Okay? We'll be right back. Okay. Broadcasting from South Florida. One half of the show, the Moose at the Delta, Marriott, downtown Saskatoon. and The other half, on the way, Eddie Steele and Bubba O'Neill. It's a Flame Tech football Friday you're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com.